See that, that tenacity needs to be highlighted because I have a lot of clients come to me and they're like, I applied to one department and didn't get in. And I'm like, stand by, because that means nothing. It, it literally means absolutely nothing. Like keep going. I'm probably about an hour and a half of, you know, from where I grew up. So I drove all that distance to go through my first initial interview with them, an actual sit down formal one, getting all the background stuff to the investigator was a different, you know, different visit. I think that year alone, I put 30,000 miles on my car. Wow. At that time, like when I had left, you know, the New York City metropolitan area, I got a new vehicle within a couple months because I just, I stacked the miles on it and that car was tired. The ultimate compliment is to be considered an asset by those who know you. But what exactly does that mean? And how do we get there? I believe that there is a less discussed approach to becoming a person of value, a person who is successful, respected by others, and fulfilled. It's somewhere between the hustle culture and the ease and flow of manifestation. This podcast is designed to be a resource for the ambitious, the relentless, and the rare who are breaking societal norms, going against the grain, and are open to unconventional practices as we study what it takes to be a true asset in every area of life. My hope is that you'll find this podcast unique and like it enough to share it with a friend and maybe even one day join us at one of our in-person events. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I'm super excited to bring you today's guest. Um, This gentleman has been with me actually for like I don't know, like five years now, four or five years. Um, he, he found me on another podcast. Um, he became a client of mine and, you know, we've become friends and I'm really excited to bring him to you. His name is John. John, please tell us about you. Wow. Uh, yeah, I did. I found you. Yeah. I think it was five years ago. You were you were guest spotting on a, a podcast and just as, you know, after becoming a client with you and, and everything is, as you say, the universe points you or puts people in front of you that that's who you need at that time. Mm-hmm. And you were at, it was like, I know you've changed you know, your, your flavor or your, you know, what you're going for uh, since that first initial you know, podcast. Um, and all you have to do is listen to your previous ones to know that. Um, but I like to think that I changed right along with you Mm -hmm. because your, your first episodes were the car to car, you know, just venting of, you know, the, the good, bad and ugly of the law enforcement profession to now it's like, you know, yes, you know, the law enforcement profession has all that stuff, but let's not focus on that. Let's focus on, you know, yourself, let's focus on others and making them the best person that they can, because as you've said it, you know, the law enforcement profession, you know, choose you up and spit you out. And, and, you know, and that, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on this podcast is because <clears throat> you, um, you happen to be the only male, uh, in my 500 person, um, female, you know, st- it was designed for female cops. We've opened it up to just strong women and John. And, you know, you know, I'm open to a few good men coming in, but they have to be the right fit. And you definitely are. The women love you. You're very um, active. You, you, 
you know, you add such a great element to the group. Um, and you're always bringing, you know, your fitness and nutrition ideas, which is, um, very, you know, that's not my area. I do it, but that is not my area of expertise. And we'll get into that. Um, but you know, I, I just want to highlight that law enforcement does tend to eat its own, but it's not just law enforcement. You are also a firefighter and I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you introduce yourself like, and give like your full bio here in a minute. But you know, the, the thing about you, John, is that, you know, and maybe when you met me, we kind of, we stopped that together, but you, you have not let the job or the culture chew you up and spit you out. It might've started, but my favorite thing about you is you meditate, you journal, you know, you, you're in touch with yourself. And because of that, you have been able to manifest, um, a really great life, a great position within the police department, um, businesses, um, possibly early retirement, a beautiful family. And I think it's important for all first responders to hear because they, they listen to me and I'm sitting here preaching it, but it's not, it's not just me. Like, yeah, I've manifested a great life, but like, it's not, it's not just autumn. There's, there's no exceptions. Like everyone can do it. You just have to do the work, you know? And so can you, can you tell the people like a little bit about you and, and, you know, who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, let's see. I've been a police officer since December of 2006. I actually started my law enforcement career for my local sheriff's department in their jail. I was a part-time jailer. Um, actually, literally the week prior to graduating from college, I went, I did the normal thing for a bulk of law enforcement professionals. I went to college. I got a four-year degree in, you guessed it, criminal justice. Yeah, we all did that. <laughs> yes. Um, looking back at it now, I'm like, I'm like, I could, have, I could have explored multiple different things and still been a police officer, but had all this extra knowledge. Yes. Um, so yeah, I graduated in May of 2005, I started the week prior to graduation with my local sheriff's department part-time in their jail thinking, and they were, you know, towing me along that, oh, yep, work part-time, we'll get you in, you know, a full-time position and the way it was. Um, and I'm sure it's that way as it here, start out in the jail. And as soon as the road spots open, then if you would like it, then you can, you know, explore that. So, you know, to add to it, it's the, the department my father retired from. I'm a third generation law enforcement professional. My, my grandfather was a state trooper. My father worked for the, my local sheriff's department. He retired as a sergeant in the corrections unit. He actually oversaw um, the county that I grew up in is, is small enough that they, he managed the 911 center and the jail. Like wow. that was his sergeant's position. Wow. Um, most departments, they have multiple people doing each of those. Exactly. Um, like granted, they still had jail sergeants, but his position was yeah, he was the sergeant in charge of the 911 center and he was partially in charge of the jail as well. So, you know, I, let's see. Yeah, it was about a year, uh, actually over a year 
went by. I was getting strung along. You know, it was May of 2005. It was, oh, yep. As soon as one's open, it's yours, it's yours. I'm, I'm literally working 50 hours as a part-timer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, you know, it'd be nice to actually have benefits because I'm working those 50 hours. Right. Plus I'm working, have benefits. <laughs> yeah. And I'm working for, um, there was a, a nationally known racetrack in, um, in the County that I grew up in and I worked security for them as well thinking hey this is just i'm i'm padding my resume it'll you know i'm rubbing elbows with all the people that i would be working with in the sheriff's department it's you know this racetrack contracts with the local sheriff's department to um, provide coverage during the the large um racing events at that time there was an indy car race there was a nascar race along with um a salem's uh six hour race it's a um like endurance race sports cars expensive um but all of that was going on so i was like okay this is all just i'm i'm paying my dues mm-hmm. and then it was just like all right i'm literally burning both ends of the candle I'm working 50 hours part-time for this and I'm working another probably 20 to 30 hours at this security job a week. So I'm working 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Then during the summer, I kept, I was a lifeguard all the way through um, high school and through college. So I kept that as well. So I was working 40 hours of lifeguarding I would go home, sleep for a few hours, then work the overnight shift in the jail. And on my days off from lifeguarding, I would work at the track. Crazy. And then then depending on the days, if it was, if I wasn't working the overnight shift at the, at the jail, I was working at at the racetrack because they have 24 hour coverage because people try and enter the track and and all of that. So I was, I just got to the point that I was like, I literally can't do this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what day of the week it is. Right. Like I would have to look at my phone or just ask somebody be like, um, what day of the week is it? Right. Cause I was just, you know, you could say burnout at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the great things that, um, my father, you know, pushed along to me was, Hey, take every test available. Don't just look at the, your dream job. Don't look at the dream department. Um, is there dream departments out there? Sure. Um, have, have I found it? Um, the department I work with, I would say is the closest to, you know, my dream job. Um, the position I'm in is I'm extremely happy with, but to get back to my history. So, um, cause I'll end up talking for hours. Uh, <laughs> Not you, so, John. <laughs> yes. So September of 2006, I had taken my state, um, their state corrections mm-hmm. test. I certainly didn't see myself working in the jail. I had already worked, you know, at, you know, at that time over a year in the County jail, it's, Pretty much, you know, is everyone says you're, 
you're a visitor in the jail for your eight hour shift or your 10 hour shift or 12 hours, depending on the department. Mm -hmm. The, the inmates know, know all of your business. They have their ears open. They, they know your habits without you even realizing your habits. So I was like, this isn't, I never saw myself in a, you know, in an office inside. I always wanted to be outside, um, you know, helping people that way. Yeah. Um, so I took that job because it was a full-time job with benefits. Yep. So when that job came along, I told the sheriff's department, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, Un unless you can tell me today that I have a, a position and you offer it on paper, mm -hmm. this isn't you verbally telling me I have a job. I, I want it in writing. If not, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm done today because that was, that was the nice thing of it being a part-time job. It was, I didn't, yeah. there was no need to give them two weeks notice, any, you know, courtesy like that. It's just like, nope, I'm done. Right. Here's all my, here's all my uniforms. Here's everything. Uh, if you need anything else, you know, feel free to contact me, but you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I've been strung along this far. Um, it's kind of the shitter get off the pot. So I did that while I was going through the process with the first police department that I was hired with, which I would say at that time I thought was my dream police department. Mm -hmm. I was like, um, it was a state agency. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to have state retirement. It wasn't the traditional police work. Yep. Um, I worked in the parks. Um, and that was the main patrol area. Yes, I still had statewide jurisdiction to make arrests to assist other agencies. But my main patrol area was the park. So I was you know, dealing with the vacation people, um, yeah. kind of, you know, people that were happy to be right. You know, where I was, yeah. or if they called the police, it was because they genuinely wanted us there. Right. Or needed us. Got it. Not, not saying that, you know, people don't call the police and don't need us, but you know, that happens in some cases. Um, yes. So I was going through the process. I was in the corrections academy and the police agency called me. Um, some, I, I let them know that I was going to be in the academy Monday through Friday. So if they could call me, make it a Saturday or Sunday. So Saturday, my phone rang while I was in the academy uh, or during the time I was in the academy. And it was, hey, our academy starting December 3rd do you want a spot in it? A spot is yours if you want it. Nice. So I was like, yes. So I was like, okay, now I got to tell the correction, you know, the state corrections that thank you for sending me to the academy. But by the time I get through the academy, then get through my, you know, as they called it, OJT on the job training. Yep. I was going to be starting the police academy like a week and a half later. So I, I walked in um, while well, we had to be there Sunday night for the academy. It was a residential academy. Mm -hmm. So I went in there Sunday 
um, Sunday early evening and told them how I was, I was like, hey, could I, you know, permission to talk to you on the side? And, you know, I had the conversation, hey, you know, just, just so you know, I accepted a position with this department. I'm going to be starting their academy on this date. And every person that I talked with and told um, when I worked for corrections was like, oh, that's great. Good job. This job really, you know, doesn't fit you. You know, this is. You know, everything I hear about that department is great. You know, have a good time. You know, we'll just, I'm like, when, when do you want me to put in my, you know, resignation or when do you want it effective? They're like, heck, you don't start the academy until here. We'll put your, your resignation date here. So there's no gap in employment. I'm like, what do I do about, you know, the on the job training? when I get to an actual prison, they're like, yeah, we'll worry about that. We'll let everybody know. And when I went through the on the job training, I was just like the extra person. They're like, eh, we're, I'm not even going to have you do this stuff because in the next, you know, three weeks, you're going to be out the door anyway. So you're just, you're just an extra set of eyes, you know, keep, you know, watch my back. Um, you know, if I need anything, I'll ask you. And that's, that's how I left, you know, left them. I, I worked one full week in a mm -hmm. prison Wow. Um, on my own. And that was it. And that was one week too many. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, do you wish that you would have stayed? No, not no. at all. Um, I do think that the correction, I do believe corrections are the unsung heroes of law enforcement. Um, actually, there's a whole episode on this podcast talking about that. But like, man, the shit that correctional officers deal with, like they, they really, I'll hand it to them, man. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that I know you encourage it. It's, you know where you are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, the hair on the back of your neck that tells you, okay, this is not the situation I want to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have your gut feeling of, Hey, I'm not clicking in this department. I'm not clicking in this. Right. You know, that's, that's where you, you know, trust your gut and, and look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll end up in the right spot and, you know, I can certainly attest to that. Um, it took me, let's see, I, my first police department that I thought was my dream job was great. I was, um, I was down in the Long Island, you know, metro, you know, New York City metropolitan area. I was 23 years old. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be on the beach. I get the city. I'm like, this is great. All of this stuff. And then I was like, and I, I grew up in a high school graduating class was, I think, 53 people. Mm -hmm. So I knew everybody. Mm -hmm. Um you know, going down to a metropolitan area was just like, yes, this is going to be great. New experience. It was great to start out with. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, but certainly not where I wanted to end up. Um, and work there. Love the department. Still, you know, um, still extremely happy with make you know, that decision working for them. 
I wish things could have worked out um, differently. Mm -hmm. I probably would have stayed with them if things would have worked out differently. But, you know, the universe pointed me in the direction of where I'm at to where um, I'm extremely happy Mm -hmm. with what I'm doing. Um, Not without some bumps. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was it was probably the it was the four year mark with that department where it was starting to eat me up where I was just like I was I'd lost my personality, lost, you know, you know, my happiness. How did, of, you, how did you recognize that? Because a lot of people don't even recognize when they are losing themselves. It was more of just um, you know, my parents and friends. Mm. Like, yes, you lose you're going to lose friends like, Hey, you know, you're not the same person that you were when you started this. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not so much the job. It's a location. I'm like, at that time I was on a good day with traffic. If I left at the right time, I was five and a half hours away from my closest family member. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm a huge, huge proponent for, some form of support. It doesn't have to be, you know, blood family. It just has to right. be, you know, someone that you, you know, feel a hundred percent comfortable with pouring out your heart to them yes. in the, in that situation if need be. Mm-hmm. And, um, right at that four year mark, um, my grandparents, well, my grandfathers, both of them were dealing with different health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one had passed away. The other was, uh, was still alive, but still, you know, um, he was in cancer remission at that time. So I was like, I, I need to get home. I'm like, and again, you know, I got to thank my father for the fact that he's like, just blanket everybody. He's like, even if they're not hiring, send a resume and cover letter. That's it. So I think I sent it has to be between 50 and a hundred resume and cover letters. See that, that tenacity needs to be highlighted because I have a lot of clients come to me and they're like, I applied to one department and didn't get in. And I'm like, stand by because that means nothing. It it literally means absolutely nothing. Like keep going. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm hope you're enjoying it and getting some good stuff, mind shifting things from this. I just wanted to remind you super quick that if we are not hanging out on social media, we should be. You should come hang out with me. Um, I am the Autumn Clifford on Instagram. I'm Autumn Clifford on TikTok, and I have a Facebook group called She's an Asset. Love to have you there. Love to hang out with you and get to know you. Thank you so much for supporting my show. Let's continue. Well, you want to hear the best part of it. So of those initial cover letters that I sent out, the department that I'm currently working with wasn't one of them. Ah! <laughs> I didn't even know of the department until a friend of mine, um, I worked with them with my first department and they had left that department and works for, um, they work for the town right next to um, where I work. And they're like, Hey, we have positions, you know, make sure you, you send a resume and cover letter to us. So did that, did a ride along with her. Uh, 
she was like, okay, during your ride along, just so you know, we're going to meet this person, this person, this person, they're part of the hiring process. Essentially, if you don't make a good first impression with them, then you don't have a chance of getting hired. I'm like, okay, went through the ride along. It was great. Um, that department is, let's see, I'm trying to think how many, I think they have a hundred, they're over a hundred sworn personnel in that department, which, you know, for this, the area that I'm in is a, a large, and this is a, a town department. So that's wow. a large department. Yeah. So going through the process, um, you know, did the ride along and then it was about a month later, the friend called me, she's like, I don't have good news for you. She's like, we're going through a hiring freeze. I'm just like, oh. she's like, but I've got friends that work for this department <clears throat> and they have openings, but they're not advertising them. Wow. So put in your resume, put in your cover letter. And I did that. And at that time, while I was still working, um, at the department, I was going through the background process, which involved me driving from the New York City metropolitan area. Five and a well, actually, it was. Uh, I'm probably about an hour and a half of of you know from where I grew up. So oh, I drove all that distance to go through my first initial interview with them, then a, an actual sit down formal one, wow. then getting all the background stuff to the investigator was a different, um, you know, different visit. I think that year alone, I put 30,000 miles on my car Wow! at that time. Like when I had left, you know, the New York city metropolitan area, I got a new vehicle within a couple months because I just, I stacked the miles on it and that car was tired. Oh, I bet. Um, so I started with the department I currently work with and they do a great job with their orientation, go through, you know, mm -hmm. you're meeting each different, like, it's not a large department. It's, uh, we have, I think just shy of 60 sworn personnel. It's, I mean, it's, it's still, it's a decent size. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Decent size. Um, I certainly know all my coworkers. It's not a department. Um, you know, we border an agency that uh, has, you know, multiple hundreds. It's a you right. know, major city. Mm -hmm. So this department was, was what I wanted. I knew I didn't want to work for an agency that I was just a number, that they didn't know who I was. Because right. that's just not me. Um, not, you know, not how I grew up, not, not what I wanted to continue. So I transferred to the department I work at. Mm -hmm. and, and didn't even know about the position or at least the magnitude of the position that I'm in now, mm. um, which is, you know, they're the community engagement um, position at that time, it was a uh, community service, but mm -hmm. with the change of times, they, they changed the name, um, makes a more clear cut in yeah. what I do, but go through my orientation. I meet the officer that's in that position at that time. And I'm just like, that's the position I want. I'm like, I always said I didn't want the nine to five office position, you know, you know, talking in front of groups, all of this stuff. 
but I was gravitated towards that position. I'm like, I know I can't have it now, Mm -hmm. but that's what I'm working for. And it took me, let's see, I'm trying to think. Almost. I think it was about 10 years. Yeah. With, with my current department until. You got it. um, Yeah. Until I got it. And I didn't get it the first time it opened up at probably about the five or six year mark. Mm-hmm. And someone else got it. Mm. Hey, that happens. But I kept doing what I was doing. I was like, that's not going to stop me. I'm like, if anything, this helps me out because then I can work this position all the way up until my retirement. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know what I love about the story and that I just want to highlight a few <clears> things. <throat> you, you, you know, the few things I want to highlight are this is your tenacity. So anybody who's you know, not happy. Maybe if you're not in the job you want to be in all of the things, I mean, you definitely highlighted a lot of tenacity in your journey. You didn't give up and you kept trying, you know, 50 to a hundred applications. That's a lot, you know, and, and, you know, the irony, like you said, was your police department wasn't even in one of them, but this is the other thing, you know, and, and this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast is you, you do go with the flow you know, you do let the universe do its thing, you know, um, whether you meant to back then or not. I know that since working with me, you've definitely become a little bit more um, like focused on doing that. But like, clearly you've done that because your friend, you know, you're talking to your friend and your friend says this. And next thing you know, you're at this police department. And the next thing you know, you see this position, you're completely drawn to it. it takes you 10 years, but you end up getting there. And I think that that's a really important lesson that I, I really would like to just highlight is, you know, it's, it is a journey and we're all so quick to want to get to the destination that we want to skip the freaking journey, but the journey is the whole thing. So <clears throat> I love that. John, what would you say? Like, let's give some tips. What would you say? How, how would you help an officer right now who might be feeling like they're getting eaten up by their police department. They're feeling burned out. They're feeling sour. They're feeling everything is bullshit. What would you give them for advice? Probably the biggest advice would be don't be afraid to look elsewhere. Yeah. Like for me, you know, growing up in, you know, a household with, you know, with me being the third generation uh, law enforcement officer, it was, you stay with your first department and that's yeah. that's your department. You know, they're the ones that, you know, paid for your training. They're the ones that, so you have, you know, some loyalty towards them that, yeah, might not be happy, you know, go lucky every day, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but, mm-hmm. you know, you essentially owe it to that department. And that's probably the biggest thing is that it, it took me probably a year, year and a half to realize you want to know what I'm, I'm just, and still now, like looking at the department that I'm at, yes, my position is unique. I'm the only one in it. Um, yes, I could get replaced tomorrow if, you know, something was to happen to me, but you know, you, you need to do what's best for you. And you know, the, the job is tough. No matter what, it's like my position, I'm not on, on patrol. 
-hmm. yes, I, you know, my, I could do patrol. I have done patrol um, when they're short, but essentially I'm an administrative position um, doing a lot of public relations stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy doing that, which makes it easier to go into those days where I had a crappy day at home because my newborn didn't sleep or my toddler didn't sleep, anything like that, you know, um, a death in the family, you know, anything like that. It's, you know, I enjoyed what I was doing, even though I knew the day wasn't going to be perfect. So you would say like, make sure you, if you, if you're not happy, don't stay in that spot. Yeah. Don't feel that you're stuck. That's the biggest thing is that no matter if you're in the first year with your department or the 15th year, mm-hmm. you're, you're not stuck anywhere. If you found a better position elsewhere that is going to make you happy, yeah. then do it. Mm-hmm. Because if not, then you're going to be miserable and you're just attracting the negative energy from that. It's, it's like you go into work having a sour attitude. You're going to have that same crappy day at work. Yes. And looking back at certain days, I'm like, man, if I, it was probably because I went into work with a shitty attitude mm-hmm. and the days that, you know, it was opposite of that. It was like, yeah, I had the crappy calls, but you want to know what? I'm fine with it. Like compartmentalize like not that you're supposed to but you know um, we have to compartmentalize right but then we always have to make sure we unpack because we can't we can't be you know just shoving that shit down all the time but we can't be emotional messes (laughs) all the time either john and god one of of the things um that resonated when i listened uh because i still listen to your podcast was your last guest you were talking about like speed bumps or bumps. Um, that's, that's one of the things is that you're going to hit them. You just need to, you know, get past them, figure out a way to get through it. Exactly. It's it, that whole idea. And you've heard me talk about it, you know, the failing forward thing, right. Is mm-hmm. it's, it's so big and we fear failure, but as soon as we can embrace it, everything changes. Yeah. Cause I certainly haven't had the, you know, perfect career. Um, I don't think anybody has, you know? Yeah. It's like, have I had, you know, internal investigations? Yeah. Um, I feel like, like that. It's, I feel like if you're doing your job, it's going to happen. Just being honest. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not going to make people happy. You're not going to make your coworkers happy. It's that's right. one of the things that, um, that I think it, another, you know, it might not be the right thing to do, um, but it's it's helped me with separating myself from the job is, yes, I have my coworkers at work, but I'm not friends with everyone that I work with. Yeah, smart. Because I see them at work all the time. Right. What's going to happen when I see them out you know, if we're going out to dinner, we're just going to end up talking about work. Yeah, it's that that whole car to car bit that oh, yeah. you talk about all the time. Yeah, that, yeah, that is is great at that time because you're releasing 
your stress at that time, but is it really productive? Yeah, you've brought up a lot of really good points. And I really hope our listeners are paying attention to, you know, through your story. Um, and, you know, what you're saying is you're highlighting a lot of emotional survival skills that you've obviously applied. Um, they're not necessarily easy, but you've definitely done it with intention. And the results are obviously very good. Um, as we wrap up, will you, will you share with the people like, you also have some things going on on the side, which keep you very happy. And it, I, I believe keeps you very well balanced um, from the job. Would you, could you share what you're up to? Yeah. Um, one of the things it was a few years ago, it was actually prior to COVID. Um, I was listening to podcasts and it was a different one that was resonating about, you know, having a side hustle or, you know, plan for your retirement, even though you're not, you know, close to it, or even if you don't plan on retiring. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe I should do that. Cause you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of close, but not really. So, uh -huh. and I was like, I don't really want to spend a lot of money in starting something up and then realizing that it doesn't work. So I, you know, stumbled upon or the universe pointed me to uh, soap making, which for me um, was huge because I was having reactions to the soap that I was using. I used the commercial soap, was having reactions, and I I looked into, you know, small businesses and I was like, oh, okay, here, you know, I'm going to use their soap Yep. because there's less ingredients. Yep. Then the, the company that I had been using for probably, I would say at least a year, mm -hmm. I was starting to have reactions to, and I was like, well, here, let me look at their ingredients. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that. And I'm like, I wonder if I can make this on my own with just, you know, or what would it take to make it on my own? So that's just kind of how it started was, okay, I'm going to make soap for myself. Didn't think anything about a business. And then my wife was like, why don't you just sell your soap? Like, it's really good. I'm like, do you think? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like anybody, it's like, you really think my stuff's good enough to sell? Um, so, you know, with her encouragement, um, with your encouragement as well, because at that time I was um, in the early stages of being a client with you, mm -hmm. um, formed the business, uh, Wash Your Six Soap Company. And each, each bar has some kind of um, first responder or military themed um, name behind it. Um, Morning Joel is one of my favorites. It's a coffee bar um, and it has um, the blue line on the wrapping of it for, you know, for the law enforcement personnel. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one bar with a yellow line for, you know, dispatchers. I have one with a green line that is for uh, the military. I use it too. We have like, I have like a whole basket full of it. And at our retreats, the members would always buy a bunch of your soap. They love it. Yeah. And, and I would always, um, you know, they were always my guinea pigs as well. Usually they walked away with some free soap as well because I was yeah. trying something out. Um, but that's, that's certainly something I'm looking at trying to, um, focus more in on yep. and maybe expand upon it. Um, but I've, 
I've also got other things, you know, in the works. I'm, you know, I'm trying to follow my, you know, my thought of not handcuffing myself to, to one thing. Yes. Um, you know, with my position, with the freedom of it, um, I am a, a car seat technician. So for those that aren't familiar, it's, I can instruct the public on how to correctly install a child passenger seat or car seat. And I'm going through the process now of becoming an instructor in that. So I have some, some things in the works that I'd like to expand upon that and like to do that after um, my retirement. I'm hopefully, I'm hoping I can manifest an earlier retirement Mm -hmm. with um, my retirement from my first police department didn't exactly line up with my second department, but I've got some things in the works. I'm hoping for all the positive of the, of that to get me an earlier retirement so that I can, you know, do, do other things in helping the public. Cause if I'm not already busy with, with that stuff, I, I've kept, um, kept up being a volunteer firefighter, um, with, with my local fire department here. And I have a two year old, Mm -hmm. um, she turned two in November and my wife and I welcomed our new addition to our family, our twins in December. So we have, you know, that, that number that people are scared of when you have kids is three under three. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we have. That's what we're going through. Um, But if anything, having kids has brought my attention to how important the car seat part of it. That's why I say that's, that's another avenue that I'm looking into uh, for that to go along with, you know, the health and wellness stuff that I'm working on. Um, I have my meditation practitioner certification. I'm working on a nutrition certification along with a sleep and relaxation certification. And I have a, a CrossFit level one fitness certification. So I, um, I teach one day a week at my local CrossFit affiliate doing that as well. So it's a magnitude of things. I, I definitely want to do something similar to what you're doing. You know, obviously you're, you're helping out, um, you know, people in the profession or getting into the profession, become a whole, you know, complete person and not letting the job change them. Um, but I think you're doing that. And especially as people listen to this, <clears throat> they listen to who you are. That'll be very inspiring because we can become so one dimensional. <clears throat> you know, we can become so one dimensional with our jobs um, that we only do so many things like one thing. And then we go home and we drink or we deal with our family or be with our family, hopefully not deal with them. But, (laughs) um, and, but then we go back to the job and the job is all we have. And we have nothing outside of that. And, you know, you've done a very good job of continuing to be very well-rounded. Um, and I know you continue all of your spiritual practices, the journaling, the meditation, you know, and, and being connected with yourself because that is obviously leading you um, to very various and many successful situations. Um, John, where can 
people find you? Besides in my Facebook group, everybody, you can come find John in my Facebook group. She's an asset. But <laughs> um, I do have Twitter for my soap business. I don't really do a lot with that. Um, but at least on the soap business side, it's all wash your, your six soap company, the number six. Um, that's what I have on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. And then my personal is just my last name, Lawton underscore uh, my first name, Jonathan. And then the number 222, which, you know, is you can attest is a, a resonating number, um, yes. you know, I spiritually. It. I didn't intend it. I didn't um, intend it. That's actually fire department volunteer number is 222. So cool. So that's that's why I went with that number. So I love it. Um, so yeah, um, which I'm sure you'll have in your show notes, um, yes, you know, feel absolutely. free to feel free to post all that stuff. Um, and I'm working on, you know, thinking of hitting the refresh button with soap, um, maybe let's say retiring a couple of the soaps just to make things a little easier, um, for me, mm-hmm. not saying that they're going away forever, but, um, so that might be a way for, um, for people to get a wide variety of different soaps. Cause I will be running a few deals going on as you might've heard my house just got crazy. Uh, my toddler just woke up and uh, my dog, my dog is running away from her. That's okay. We understand, but listen, thank you so much for being here. We will put um, all of John's stuff and contact will be in the show notes. Um, so if you have any questions or if you want to reach out to him, feel free to make sure you check out Wash Your Soap. Wash Your Six, right? Yeah. Wash your six. Jeez, you should so, know this by now. Come I know. On, you. I know. Sorry. Wash Your Six Soap. Make sure you go check that out. I use it personally. It's literally in my shower right now. I think I have like, I've got one with the um, exfoliant and I believe it's like um, lavender with the exfoliant in it. Love it so much. Um, my mother and my father are obsessed with it because it, that my father breaks out really easily in the stuff he doesn't break out. So anyways, make sure you go check it out. John, it was a pleasure to have you on as always. And everybody, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the She's an Asset podcast. If you wouldn't mind, could you please share this out? The only way we grow and I can get this out to as many people as possible is with your help. So we're kind of in this together. And the good thing is, is I know you have my back. So uh, I want to say thank you and ask for you to share the show. And if we're not hanging out in the socials, I hope that you'll come and hang out with me. I'm Autumn Clifford pretty much everywhere. Thank you so much. See you next time.